0: To Love Curvy Yoga, the podcast that's all about the intersection between yoga and body acceptance. Today, my guest is the fabulous Hannah Marcotti. So, I've been following Hannah's work for a while now and just feeling so inspired by every blog post and everything I see from her on social media. But this is our first time really connecting in person. So, I'm so excited to get to talk with her and to share with y'all all of the great work that she's doing in the world. So, welcome, Hannah.
1: Thank you so much. I love
0: that you said y'all. It's one of my favorite words ever. <laughs> me too. When I moved to Nashville, I just embraced it wholeheartedly.
1: That's right. Oh, yes. That's such a y'all
0: place. Yeah, I was like, I have full permission to use it now, so I'm going to. <laughs> oh, <that's> so good. <laughs> Thank you
1: for having me. I'm so honored to be
0: here. My pleasure. So I wanted to start off asking you what your relationship was, was like with your body as a young person.
1: Yeah, my like, uh, the, the biggest word I would say is sort of like a, a disconnect, you know. Mm. Um, I felt very different than the other kids. I, um, my body shape was always a little bit different. I was, um, a tiny girl mm-hmm. who had a belly, mm-hmm. and I just had a belly like that's it, you know. Yep, um, tiny butt tiny legs, tiny everything and I had this belly and it became sort of what defined everything about who I was and um, how I moved through the world I was very um, uncoordinated I couldn't play sports Um, you know, knowing now that my core was probably born extraordinarily weak, you know Mm. Um, and I you know, there wasn't anyone around saying hey, you know, this is Let's let's look at you know now we can look at a body almost and know exactly like what's going on with it right so mm-hmm. many intuitive people around and um and with you know the way exercise has changed and the way we you know work with kids and everything but yeah probably had a very weak core was very uncoordinated and you know was just extremely self conscious conscious about it and so I, I had this disconnect between sort of being born an old soul who understood. I was an empath, you know, at a very young age, and I understood people, and I understood so much of, of feelings, and yet I could not understand my body. I just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. So there was this huge disconnect there for me. Um, and that was as a very, very young, young, young child. I remember, you know, I was like seven probably seven years old, sitting in the bathtub with my best friend and grab my sleepover, and um, we were taking a bath together, and I said something about my belly. And she said, oh, it's just baby fat. Don't worry. It'll go away. Hmm. And I remember, like, living my whole life waiting for this flippin' baby fat to go. Away.
0: Uh, oh, yeah. Was
1: just like, why isn't it going away? She said it was going to go away. It's baby fat, you know? Right. And that was such a huge moment for me um but partly also because she you know she was there here was this other this is my best friend sitting there naked just you know totally fine it mm. wasn't a big deal yeah but it became such a big that is really like for me that's been the most defining um part of body image for me is that belly
0: yeah yeah and what is your relationship like with the belly today
1: um, it's it's still pretty uh, intense. My that belly of mine um speaks to sort of where I am in the world. You know, I um the belly will tell me if I've ovulated. That belly will tell me, you know, if I'm on my in my cycle. That belly will tell me if I'm emotionally eating. That belly will tell me if I'm on like a a high that belly will tell me if I'm exercising and drinking enough water that belly will tell me if I'm you know how my bladder is doing that belly is like it's it's almost like what is my central uh, communication Mm -hmm. to my body you know there is no longer a disconnect we are now completely connected doesn't mean I love that it's there but I am so 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 connected to it. It speaks to me. I once I heard this interview once, I can't remember who it was from. She was a burlesque person. Mm -hmm. And she said something about your the the part of your body that you've most hated and felt like, you know, you've always wanted to change. It's like the thing, you know? Yeah. Can become your most sexual, blissful, pleasure-filled center. And Mm -hmm. that's what i've tried to to let my body be my belly be even though that's not always true sometimes i'm really just pissed you know right and I'm yeah and that i can't put on a certain pair of pants or whatever because something's going on in my world and my belly will bloat as a reaction you know mm-hmm. uh, but also now that i can it can be pleasure it can like be this beautiful sensual piece of my sexuality and And who I am. um, It's a very different relationship
0: now. Yeah, it sounds like it's your internal barometer in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So it seems from what I've noticed through your work for the past few years that your relationship with your body has been shifting and deepening, and it sounds like this is a big part of that. Um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about about your journey and also what you were just bringing in that piece of really shifting from this more negative relationship with your belly to one where you're embracing it and kind of foregrounding pleasure and connection and kind of how you've made that transition
1: yeah definitely um, tons of shifting I, I mean I, I consider myself a shapeshifter <laughs> in, in everything I do and, and who I am um, so when I was when I was 16, I had my first heartbreak,
0: mm.
1: and I had no idea how to deal with that heartbreak. I mean, it was, like, devastating, and I lived in Germany, and so when someone would, would leave, this was an army school that I attended, they would leave the country. Mm. They wouldn't, you didn't really break up with anybody or ever, like, end a friendship, just moved. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was in love and he moved. He went to college and I was going into my senior year and I didn't know how to deal with it. And the only way I could find some sort of control around that um, was to stop eating. Mm -hmm. That was my, that was the way I I dealt with it. First, what happened is I just got so sad I couldn't eat. Mm -hmm. And then I watched my body start to shrink. And it was the first time in my life I'd ever really lost weight. And, and I had tried so many, you know, I was, I was like, I would get up in the morning and do like um, uh, uh, exercise videos. And, you know, I was, I was always like praying that I could, you know, drop weight. And I was already like, you know, a pretty tiny little high school girl.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, but again, had that belly. And so I was so sad and I stopped eating and I just started to disappear Mm -hmm. and I liked it I liked the control I liked having less of me Um, I liked kind of disappearing and that's sort of when this whole journey with body really started as far as control Um, I then you know in college became an overeater, um, an emotional eater. So I, was, I went to the opposite extreme. I do extremes really well.
0: Um, I relate to that, yeah. <laughs> Black and white, you are my world. <laughs>
1: um, and, um, and, you know, so then if I, but I always knew all I had to do was stop eating and then I could control my weight, you know, I could bring it back down. And so it became this sort of, um, back and forth, you know, life that I led for years and years and years, and um, and during this time, I'm like, you know, I'm into healthy eating and food and this and that, and yet there's this side of me who's all about restriction or you know, standing in the closet eating potato chips. So it was a, a really crazy thing. And about and then I had to own, you know, I had my kids, three kids, body changed a lot and I don't know I just got to this point one day where I was like I gotta heal this shit like I can't keep doing this I can't do this restrictive you know teetering into um, I just can't do it anymore I cannot control this anymore Mm. and I let go of control that was what I did I just said I'm not gonna control it I'm just gonna see what happens if I stop both ends right Mm, uh I just like let them go and it was kind of a crazy couple years and I just let myself be inside of it and it really taught me so much it taught me what my body does like what what it is naturally if I'm not um, working at it Mm. right if I'm not like doing anything to really you know, go one way or the other. Right. What is this natural body like, and how does that feel emotionally? Like, what is my brain like when that's happening? What is this? You know, so I really I learned a lot during that time, and then I started to get to this edge where it, it wasn't comfortable anymore because I had kind of gone to yet another extreme where I was like, nope. If you feel uncomfortable, you can't try to lose any weight. You can't try to, you know, like, mm-hmm. it was again this yet another like, expand. I, I got to the edge of that, you know? Where I am right now is um, like, if there's a rule, I don't care. I just try to like get it out of my head, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not making any rules. I am trying to lead by what feels good. And and that is, like, if, if it feels good right now that I needed to, that I didn't fit any of my clothes and I needed to, you know, do what I needed to do to get back in my clothes, then that was okay. Mm-hmm. The rule of don't try to, you know, you're not allowed to lose weight because you said you weren't gonna, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it, so it, it gets very, when you're someone who's, you know, dealt with, with disordered eating, it can get very muddled and confused. Like you will start yeah. to think I can't I'm not allowed to lose weight because I can't do that. I can't go back into that. Um and so it's just about not having the rules, it's just about God, what feels good, you know? Yeah. What feels good today? I wanna feel good. Um, so a lot of exploration happening for
0: me. Mm. And it sounds like it just is an ongoing process, which I have found to be yes. so true for me too. Yes. It's not like Oh, I finally figured it out. <laughs> it's ever, changing. Yeah.
1: Ever, ever, ever. Yeah, that's exactly
0: it. I'm curious to know what body acceptance means to you.
1: Mm. Um, body acceptance is, for me, it's, it's really listening. It's really connecting. Um, I can accept my body in so many different you know iterations mm. of who I am like it just I can look different it's really about it am I listening am I listening to what I need um and that can be you know um moving away from any old story that once was true no longer has to be true right Mm -hmm. um like my I had this old story that I could never be a runner and then one day I just knew like I just kept hearing my body saying you need to run you need to run you need to run and and I just kept holding on to that old story and then as soon as I let it go and I just listened I was like, oh my god, my body, it's talking to me. It is so clear. It is so there. And when I listen, I have this deep love. This deep connection. This deep love. And when I'm not listening, I I can barely see myself,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I do know.
1: I can't feel my skin, you know.
0: Yeah. What helps you to listen?
1: Oh, that's a good one. Um, joy. Joy really helps me to listen. Hmm. When I am, you know, making every effort to kind of vibrate inside of joy, these like channels open to being able to hear myself and to being able to like translate the messages that are coming that are really quite clear, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, When I'm not vibrating in joy, I'm like, you know, dehydrated and um, usually starving and lacking connection and and all of that. And as soon as I can get myself like vibrating in joy, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what's happening in my life, um, I can, I can hear. I can hear it.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I find that I'm grouchy or have a headache, or
1: you know. Yeah. Yeah. Very unclear when all that's going on. Yeah,
0: it is easy. Yeah, I appreciate how you talked about how easy it is for that all to kind of become a confusing state, but that when you can really come back to that listening, it becomes much clearer. I think that's so helpful. And we
1: have to be really open to what's you know what we're going to hear because it isn't always. Uh, what we're expecting right you know it
0: often expecting? isn't right <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm like I'm one of those people that can just I'm a sitter I'm a you know a reader a writer uh, I love being on a computer I just I love sitting yeah. and <laughs> Me too. I you know I have to really like I get really lost in that and when I am like listening I can hear my body like Breathing movement, just craving it so deeply, even though, you know, I feel really happy just sitting here. Right. Doing what I'm doing,
0: you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of movement, um, I'm excited to hear about your relationship with yoga. So tell us a little bit about that. My relationship
1: with yoga really started um, when I was... Uh, in I lived in Seattle and I was working at a health club I was a personal trainer at a health club um, which I always found very ironic but it <laughs> just wasn't me <laughs> so I, was, but,
0: I was just surprised to hear you say that I was like oh that's cool it's so
1: bizarre but um, one of the, I, was, I was a manager at this brand new beautiful health club and they wanted to, everybody there to um, be certified And I kind of fell in love with it, but I fell in love with teaching um, uh, prenatal exercise classes. I kind of just created this class Hmm. and I found um, a Kundalini uh, prenatal yoga video. And I, like, I mean, just flipped out. I could not believe this even existed. Hmm. And it wasn't just the movement, the movement was so perfect for me personally because. I'm I'm a I'm kind of spazzy. Like the there's it's very you know repetitive you do things over and over and over and over and over until you're like exhausted. Yeah. And that just worked for me so well. Um, it was it was the the messages, the mental messages that were coming through, you know, when she would talk about in this particular video, she would talk about how you know, you can flap your arms for three minutes, and you, all you want to do is just desperately put your arm down. But to think about labor and how you don't get to just stop—you got to keep going—and how you're kind of building those, you know, those muscles inside to those mental muscles. And so it was this. It was the very first time that I started to connect this emotional world and my physical body. Mm. And from there, I was. Pretty
0: hooked. <laughs> pretty hooked
1: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I will say I'm one of those people though that cannot relax in and I saw you wrote about
0: that <laughs> yeah
1: I hate it like hate it with a passion I want to like put on my shoes and run out of class I'm like why are you wasting my time why do I have to do like uh-uh. <laughs> thank you I'm done you know but I'm the person that like I don't like to stop to I'm a feeler So I do a lot
0: of, like, go, 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 so you don't have
1: to feel, 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 you know? Typically, if I let myself go, I'm going to, like, lay there and cry. And I don't want to lay there and cry after yoga. I just want to (laughs) go. So I'm her. I am
0: her. So do you jet or do you um, just kind of lay there and think about what you're going to do?
1: I lay there pissed, usually, and then, like, last few seconds i'm like in it you know it takes me i i need like
0: the the 20 minute and then at the end you're like how is it over already (laughs) Um, i I know there's gonna be a lot of people who are like yep that's me (laughs) you're like maybe some people's favorite part but (laughs) so you've mentioned yoga and running and I'm wondering what other practices whether they're movement related or not um, bring you back to your body in a hurry when you need that
1: a cup of tea always I don't know what it is it's the ritual you know it's -hmm. the ritual of the cup of tea I'll even make one in the summer just to like sit there With the steam to hold it, let it coil through ice in it eventually. But um, a cup of tea for me is so grounding. Um, Liquid in general, I'm really like ritualized in my liquids. Mm. Coffee in the morning, you know. Um, It was always tea before bed for me, like as a way of like closing the day. Yeah, I love a glass of wine at five o'clock. And then water is such a huge. It's kind of a new one for me. I lived a very dehydrated life it's very new for me to feel hydrated and be hydrated mm. and talk about like uh coming back into your body I, I mean I could talk for hours on that but so hydrating my body mm. um I love to um I love to match not even match I love to let the outside of me help me come back to who I am. So, I'm really big on um, dressing yourself to feel sensual and beautiful Mm. every day. And typically, I involve yoga pants and tank tops. Like, it's not a fancy kind of thing for me. Mm -hmm. It's what makes me feel sensual and beautiful. Um, If I don't do that, I feel very disconnected. I love to put on makeup, even if it's just, like, bronzer. And i love for my hair to be beautiful. Like, I I really feel the outside of me is so strongly connected to how I move through the day, Mm -hmm. you know? If I take time to, like, love myself up in that way, it makes such a difference for me. It just is, like... And it's because I've touched myself, you know? Yeah. I've I've adorned myself. I've looked at myself in the mirror longer than I would if I just ignored all that right and that that piece of connection is really huge and as a really highly sensitive person and my skin is very sensitive to take that time and to put on my smells my lotions you know the clothes that are cotton and soft and feel so good I can feel it the moment I put on the right clothes I feel like yes this today this will move me through my day in a connected way Mm -hmm. and then um Girlfriends, my friends. They they will they're like my instant like back to center, you know, when I'm when I am like so completely untethered, they will pull me back.
0: I know. What would the world be without girlfriends? Oh
1: thank
0: God. You wouldn't want to think about it. (laughs) Yeah. Well I love with the dressing part because I was thinking while you were talking, it's also the time to ask yourself those questions, you know, not only to Actually, get dressed and to look at yourself, but to say, "What do I really need? What would feel really good today?" It's kind of a way to ask those questions, which I think it's really nice. It's
1: such a beautiful way. Yeah. And to just spend time admiring yourself, you know, it's just like it's a gift.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a total gift to be able to do that. To close the door and have that quiet time where you get to just sort of play with who you're going to be that day. You know. Yeah. Yeah
0: okay so I think this is related to this what we were just talking about and it is your hashtags which I love (laughs) so we need to talk about this (laughs) so for those of you who may not know you're going to have to go check it out right away but Hannah has some really great hashtags and I wanted to talk with you about um, kind of how this came to be a part of your work and your world and um, any ones that really have your heart right now yeah
1: it's everything I, I call myself like the accidental businesswoman. Really.
0: <laughs> I relate you know,
1: to I that. I think I was, you know, made for this. I just, it all just is accidental. Um, I'm just really good at paying attention when something works.
0: You know, mm-hmm. um,
1: I'm I'm a real big lover of social media. I know you can say a million bad things about it, and it can be misused and whatnot. But I love it. Mm-hmm. I think it is an Incredible way to create connection to, um, to uh, grow a business to to see other lives, other worlds. You know, it's Mm -hmm. it's conversations that happen because of an image or you know a small little comment. Anyway, I I love it if it's used correctly. Um. So yeah, I I think the first one was Operation Self-Care, like, whoa. Mm. And I, you know, was just being funny, really. <laughs> I was just, just putting a funny spin on a really intense uh, time that I was going through. I was really, really um, struck. I was struggling. It was like a, a death of my marriage, you know, and, and I needed to find myself. And I had never really taken care of myself in any... Significant way before it was all about my partner and my children and my then my work and you know all that. Mm-hmm. Always hated the term self care; thought it was ridiculous. <laughs> um, and so I was really just sort of, you know, being funny, adding some light. But I was on a I was on a journey. I was trying to take care of myself in a way I'd never done before, very very selfishly in a good way mm-hmm. and it kind of took and people responded and so I kind of I just pulled it into my work um and that happens like it just keeps happening accidentally um I really love making hashtag because then I can track my journey mm. so I can hit that hashtag and go look at my pictures and my thoughts from that time that I was in And then other people might use it and I can see what their, you know, what their journey and what their thoughts are. And it just really starts to, it starts to tell a story. I'm a storyteller. And one of the ways that, you know, I tell these stories is through images, through Instagram, through the hashtags, so many different ways.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I, what I love is then to tell the story and then invite people in. And so I'm always looking for a way that I can invite people in. To it, Um, I love this life now hashtag. And starting moments were two of my like favorites of all time because they were for everyone. You know, they weren't Mm -hmm. just they were just instantly like pulled other people in. And when I go through that, I barely even use them that much anymore. But they've taken on a life of their own, and that to me is just like that just expands my heart. You know, when I can give people. A way to tell their story, you
0: know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it really just creates such space for individuals and also for community, yeah. which is community. really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it's how we circle. You know, it's just another way. That's what I do is circle women, and that's just another way to kind of circle us and um, and 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 feel that connection so deeply, so mm-hmm. deeply. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: What do you wish all women knew about their bodies?
1: Um, That they are, um, they're iterative.
0: Mm. They are,
1: every single day you wake up in a new body, in new skin, with new cells, like you are constantly new. And we are, you know, we do so much holding on holding on to the old stories, to the old us, and if, you know, if everyone just every morning woke up in newness, like, oh, my God, what a beautiful opportunity we have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I'm really big on iterative living, and I, I totally believe that that is what our bodies are asking us for. You know, they, they don't want us to be stagnant they want us to change and to be alive and you know to accept change always
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's like that's what's happening <laughs> so we that's can <laughs> yeah, don't <fight> it. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's beautiful thank you okay so I know everyone listening is really going to be so excited to connect with you and your good work so what is the best way for them to do that We will. And
1: Instagram, I love it. We've talked about that, but.
0: <laughs> that is a very good place to find you, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here and sharing. I loved our conversation. Thank you.
1: It was such an honor to be here. it's so
0: beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks, everybody, for listening.